0: Just curious, uh, how many of you are omelet people? You're into omelets, you love omelets. How about, you can show off a little bit, how many of you are pretty good at making a pretty mean omelet? See some, nice, nice, okay. Uh, there's a little saying, you can't make an omelet unless you do what? You got to break some eggs, Yeah. So I'm going to uh, hopefully uh, show off a little skill here, or lack thereof, whatever the case might be. Here we go. We'll get that out of the way. We'll show you uh, some breaking skills, okay? So, whoo, there we go. I almost practiced one-handed, and I thought, you know, pride comes before the fall, huh? so we're not going to go one-handed stuff. We'll just be happy if I keep the shells out. And it happens, yeah. Yeah. Now think about that little saying, uh, you can't make an omelet unless you break some eggs. What what does that mean exactly? What what are you saying uh, with you can't... You're saying that in order for something good to happen, which I would argue is an omelet, right, Henry? Uh, in order for that, well, well, well there's going to be a little bit of mess. There's, there's going to be some things that uh, are, for some folks, not so good. And, and that's the whole idea with uh, an omelet. Well, anyway, uh, today we're going to look at a really messy situation, okay? And I wanted to just uh, bring that to your attention that... Uh, There are messes when you break eggs. And uh, the gentleman named Jacob, we're going to see lots of mess in his life. So turn with me in your Bibles, if you have it, to Genesis 29 and Genesis 30. And when we even move into Genesis 31. Two weeks ago, uh, Jacob uh, finally arrived at his uncle Laban's house. Remember what what happened right away? Immediately, he fell in love and immediately he just knew he needed to marry this woman Uh, it was like love at first sight I would argue it was probably infatuation at first sight but anyway he just knew that he needed this woman to be his so he makes an arrangement to be married he's got to work seven years do you recall who showed up in his tent on wedding night Uh, It wasn't the one he had worked hard for seven years. It was her sister. So uh, Rachel didn't show up in the tent. Instead, who showed up? Leah. Leah is now in the tent. And now Jacob signs up for another seven years in order to uh, be able to marry Leah's sister, Rachel. And during the negotiations for these two weddings, Genesis chapter 29, give me your eyes, There's no mention of God. There's no mention of prayer. There's no mention of, Lord, please guide. Please give direction. Please give wisdom. Uh, in, In other words, Jacob was operating in the power of old, sinful Jacob. Jacob's calling all of his own shots. He's making all of his own decisions. Jacob is full of himself. And here's what you need to know. The results are really, really messy. And uh, we're going to see that today, how messy that situation actually got. And um, it's pretty bad, okay? Um, The Lord is going to take and make in Jacob's life a very interesting omelet. Uh, He's going to take one very selfish, full-of-himself man named Jacob, going to blend in two spicy sisters, you'll see that today, named Rachel and Leah, uh, whip in two servant girls named Bilhah and Zilpah, and then finally add one miserable father-in-law. Anybody remember his name? His name was Laban. So you put all of that in one sizzling hot pan On the family estate, it makes for a really, really messy situation. And uh, we're going to read about that in just a moment. But just before you stand, men, give me your eyes right, right here for a minute. I want you, as we read, imagine that you are Jacob. Can you do that? Can you do that, Henry? Okay, you put yourself in Jacob's sandals and now you think that this is your life we're reading about, how would you feel? How would you be thinking about your situation? And uh, women, ladies, uh, give me your attention now. And, And while we read, I want you to imagine that you are either Leah or Rachel. So I'll let you choose which one you want to go. But you're either Leah or you're Rachel, and now this is your life, that you're reading about, and how would you feel about this very messy situation? Ready? Can you do it? Let's stand together. Let's read. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 29, verse 31. We're going to read down through verse 13 of chapter 30. Ready? Here we go. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive, but Rachel remained childless. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, It's because of the Lord has seen my misery, surely my husband will love me now. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, Because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. Again she conceived, and when she gave birth to a son, she said. Now at last my husband will become attached to me, because I've borne him three sons. So his name was Levi. She conceived again. When she gave birth to a son, she said, This time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. So she said to Jacob, Give me children, or I'll die. Jacob became angry with her and said, Am I in the place of God? Who has kept you from having children? Then she said, Here is Billa, my servant. Sleep with her so that she can bear children for me, and I too can build a family through her. So she gave him her servant Billah as a wife. Jacob slept with her, and she became pregnant and bore him a son. Then Rachel said, God has vindicated me. He's listened to my plea and given me a son. Because of this, she named him Dan. Rachel's servant, Billah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, I have had a great struggle with my sister, and I have won. So she named him Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had stopped having children, She took her servant Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, what good fortune. So she named him Gad. Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, how happy I am. The women will call me happy. So she named him Asher. How are you feeling right now? Okay. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for not sugarcoating what went on in this family. Lord, you give us it raw and blunt, and it's a mess. But Lord, the truth is, uh, many of us have messes in our families too. Many of us have uh, messy situations that we're dealing with today as well. So Lord, I'm praying that you might help us to learn from Jacob's life. Help us to learn from what's going on here. And Lord, uh, this family produced descendants that ultimately led to the birth of your son, Jesus. So that brings us some hope and some encouragement, Lord, that, that you even use people who came from the middle of a mess, we pause and we invite your Holy Spirit to come and be welcome today in your church. You come take charge in this place. and May the power of your Spirit and the power of your Word, Lord, may it come in combination and Lord, help us to hear clearly what it is you have to say to us today. Lord, thank you for working with messy people. Thank you for working right in the middle of the mess. You're awesome. We love you. And we pray all these things in the awesome name of your son, Jesus. And all the church family at Walloon said with one strong voice. may be seated. Did you catch all the mess? in what we read. (laughs) Leah wasn't feeling loved. Uh, Leah felt like she was playing second fiddle in Jacob's band. But the Lord blesses Leah, and she is like a baby machine. You know, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah. Well, that was good for Leah, but then you get to chapter 30, verses 1 and 2, And now Rachel is jealous of her sister Leah. And it says that uh, she is jealous and she's yelling and shouting at her husband over this. And she shouts, uh, Give me children or I'm going to die. Hey buddy, you've given her four boys. Now it's my turn. Give me children or I'm going to die. Look at verse 2. Jacob is frustrated. Jacob is angry. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, But I'm not Jehovah God. Uh, My name is Jacob, and I'm not withholding children from you, Rachel. But it says that Rachel is so envious and so jealous of her sister Leah. By the way, envy, jealousy is grieving over the good received by someone else. Envy, jealousy, grieving over the good that someone else is receiving. So she's so envious, she tells Jacob, uh, I got this idea, Um, I'm losing in the baby war, why don't you sleep with my servant girl, Billa? And what should Jacob have said? Awful idea. I remember hearing stories from my dad and my mom and they talked about Grandpa Abe and that's exactly what Grandpa Abe and and Grandma Sarah did and they brought the servant girl Hagar and then Ishmael was born and it was bad. It was bad. And I'm learning from Grandpa and Grandma and that's a bad idea. Um, But he goes along with it. He goes along with it. Uh, And the result is that Uh, Billah has a son named Dan. And then she has a second son named Naphtali. Now look at verse (coughs) 9. Excuse me. Leah says, two people can play this game. Rachel, you think you're going to catch me? Uh, uh, I can play this game. So she says, Jacob, I want you to sleep with my servant girl, Zilpah. Okay? So if you're going to sleep with her servant girl, you're going to sleep with my servant girl, And the result is a son through Zilpah named, verse 11, Gad, and then a second son through Zilpah named Asher, verse 12. Are you keeping score right now? If you are, the score is Leah 6, Rachel 2. Okay, so she's still behind. And uh, now the oldest child of Leah comes from out scrounging around, out in the area around, and now he's probably a teen. And uh, Reuben, who's famous for sandwiches, comes home with uh, a mandrake plant. Okay, mandrake plant was thought to be a fertility drug, an aphrodisiac, if you will. So uh, Rachel sees the mandrake plants and she wants them. Uh, surely this is my way to get pregnant. And have a child. She's desperate. And she trades her husband for some mandrake plant. uh, Some wild fruit. I'm sure that this idea will work. And and the truth is, (laughs) it doesn't. She still has no children. However, the trade works pretty nicely for Leah. Look at verses 16 to 18. Because Leah's night with Jacob produces a fifth son named Issachar and then a sixth son named Zebulun and then a daughter named Dinah. Uh, Dinah is going to blow her horn in Genesis 34 and we'll look at that in a few weeks but it's not pretty, it's really not. So if you're keeping score right now, Leah is way out in the lead. She's got nine children. Rachel still has Finally, there's some amazingly good news for Rachel. The Lord remembers Rachel. Verse 22. uh, He listened to her. He enabled Rachel to conceive. Verse 23. She became pregnant. She gave birth to a son and said, God has finally taken away my disgrace. Verse 24. So she named him what? Joseph. And said, may the Lord add to me another son. So, Lord, thank you for giving me a son. And Lord, my, my heart's desire, would you please give me another son? And that, that request is going to be answered in Genesis 35, 18, but it will be her dying wish, her dying request, because she's going to die as she gives birth to her second son, and his name is, anyone? Benjamin. So as she gives birth to Benjamin, Rachel dies. Okay, now... We're going to move on, starting with verse 25 through verse 43. Uh, Jacob is locked in a really messy situation with his boss. Okay, Think with me now. His boss, his employer, was also his father-in-law, who was also the father of his two wives. You tracking? So this is messy. This is like there's lots of mess going right on. Home estate. Uh, And here's the point that you need to catch. You ready? Much of the mess, I would argue, most of the mess that Jacob was enduring was his own doing. Okay? He, He had caused, he had sown sinful, selfish seeds, and now he's reaping what he had sown. He hadn't sought the Lord, he hadn't prayed, he wasn't in connection with God, and now he's reaped this really messy situation. But here's what you need to know. Give me your eyes. But the Lord uses trouble and mess to accomplish his purposes. Aren't you glad? The Lord even uses our mess to soften and grow up Jacob. We're going to see that. And soften Jacob's heart And in time, the Lord is going to use this mess to accomplish his divine plan. It's really pretty cool. So let's watch what happens next, okay? Jacob is fed up with Laban. Chapter 31, if you're following along, look at verse 3. Jehovah appears to Jacob and says, you know what? Your time here is done. You've been here 20 years. It's time to go back home to Canaan. And he says, you're right. I, I can't wait to get out of here. Uh, chapter 31 and verse 13, here's, here's what's cool. Jacob calls his wives together and he says, you need to know something. I've had an encounter with God Almighty. And, and he met me and he talked to me and he said, even though you're going that way, you're going to come back to Canaan, the promised land, and we're going to come back here. And he just appeared to me again, and it's time to go home. And in obedience, Jacob listens and responds in obedience to what the Lord makes clear to him. He's kind of like taking the lead. So this, this mess in Jacob's life has softened him before the Lord. And now he's actually becoming a spiritual leader in his home. And he's calling the wives together and said, it's time to go. But even their departure is messy. It really is. Uh, Laban is angry. He chases down Jacob with a posse. Uh, peers. God appears to Laban and he says, verse 24, uh, I know you're mad. I know you're angry. Don't do anything rash, Laban. Don't do anything foolish to Jacob. He's my guy. Do not harm him. So the Lord is protecting him. Uh, chapter 31 verse 38 here's what Jacob says Laban I've been with you now for 20 years and the Lord has used me to really enrich you he was like the golden goose that's really why Laban didn't want him to leave because he had all of this good stuff now and it was a result of God blessing Jacob but it's been messy verse 42 my God has spoken to both you and he's spoken to me uh, and in verses 51 to 53, Jacob and Laban make a peace treaty, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to attack you, and you don't attack me, and now we are at peace with one another. Now slide down to the very last verse of chapter 31, and it's really kind of sweet. Um, early the next morning, Laban kissed his grandbabies, and then Laban kissed his daughters, and he blesses them. And then he left and returned back home. Now here's what you need to know. Give me your eyes. If the Lord could use the mess that Jacob had created to accomplish his divine plan, listen, there's hope for you and me. Okay? If if the Lord could use this mess to get his plan accomplished through Jacob... I believe that the mess is that, we've got messy situations, amen? We, we've got situations, man, what's going on? But I promise you, if the Lord could use this messy situation, he can accomplish what he wants to do through us in our messy situations. Um, Jesus is called the lion of the tribe of who? We just read about that, We didn't we? And that was a mess, how that all came about. And uh, out of this family is going to come this guy named Levi, and from him will come the Levites, the, the priests of the nation of Israel. And, and the Lord is going to use this guy named Joe, Joseph, uh, and he is a type of Christ in the Old Testament. And he's going to become the prime minister of Egypt. And the Lord is going to use one of these sons born in this mess to save and preserve his chosen people, the nation of Israel. And from these 12 sons will become the 12 tribes of Israel, God's chosen people. I'm just telling you, God takes a mess and accomplishes his plan. Now, if the Lord can use this messed up family, are you listening? He can use up the mess that you're in today. He can use the mess that we're facing right now, even though you're looking at it and say, I I don't get it, okay? So I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and say, Jesus can even use messed up me. Isn't that good? Okay, so go ahead, tell your neighbor, poke him or look behind you if you need to. Hey, Jesus can even use messed up me, Yeah. Okay, now you tell him back. Yeah. Well, Jesus can even use messed up me. Go ahead, tell him. Yeah. You need to know that. He's an expert at using messes. Here's what Watchman Nee in his classic book, The Normal Christian Life, writes. God uses our testing. God uses our messy lives to prove to us that we can find victory over sin in our own self-effort. Do you think about that? The Lord's trying to use the trials and the testings and the messes to finally get it through our heads. You know what? In your own power, in your own strength, in your own self-effort, nothing good's going to ever happen. Now, usually when there's a mess that I'm facing in my life, you think about it when you're facing a mess going on in you or around you and now what what do you say to the Lord when there's a mess you know what you know what I almost always say hey 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 Lord would you take it away (laughs) make it go away take this mess away I, I hate it please fix it but we just saw give me your eyes that in Jacob the Lord instead of taking the mess away what does he do he uses the mess. He uses the test to grow up and mature and soften Jacob's heart so then he could accomplish his plan through him. Oh, really, Lord, you're not going to take it away? No. I don't take messes away. I use messes to accomplish my plan. And we're all about, get it out of here. Take it away. And Lord Lord's saying, no, no, I use messes. Masses to get my plans accomplished. Now I want you to turn with me to the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to show you New Testament style what this looks like. Okay? Uh, this is the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, the Apostle Paul in chapter 12 and verse 8, he's dealing with with a test that he despises. Um, I I would argue that he's got a messy, thorny matter, and he wants it gone. Okay? Now look at verse 8. Paul goes to the Lord, and he says, Lord, take it away. (laughs) And Jesus says to Paul, I'm not going to take it away. Now, I like Paul. He perseveres. Second time, Lord, please make it go away. I, I hate this thorny, messy thing. Second time, what does Jesus say? Uh, Paul, uh, I'm not going to take it away. Third time, uh, Paul says, Jesus, please take it away. Uh, g- give, me, give me some relief. Take it away. And what does the Lord say third time? <clears throat> not going to do it. Not going to do it. I, I'm not taking it away. Uh, Here's what Jesus says back to Paul. Here's what Jesus says back to us. Look at verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you. Just just pause on that. Uh, My grace, Paul, is more than enough to get you through this situation. I know it's messy. I know it's painful. I know it's hard. But my grace is enough for you for my power my grace working in you is made perfect in your mess in your weakness conclusion look at verse 10 slide down for when i am weak then what is true i am really what when, when i'm in the middle of a mess and i know i can't do it and i know i'm not going to make it on my own uh That's actually when I'm strongest. I finally wake up to the fact, I can't do this in my own power. And that's finally what's happening in Jacob's life. He finally realizes he can't do it. He just keeps making more messes. Finally, you wake up. Finally, we can do something here now, and I can work through you, Jacob. Here's my question. Anybody got any messy situations? That you're facing today, can I see your hands? I'll put both of them. Because in my role, I usually uh, between my own and and the flock, there's usually about a hundred. Come on, let me see your hands. You don't, you don't. Because the truth is, you're either in a mess today or there's one right around the corner. Okay, so we kind of live mess to mess to mess, do we not? And, and it's not always our doing, but we're still in the mess. Amen. Okay. So, you're in a mess today. And have you been yelling, Lord, fix this? <laughs> Lord, take this away. You're in good company. The Apostle Paul said that a lot. Okay? Here is Jesus' answer to us. Are you ready? My grace is sufficient. <laughs> My grace that I give to you daily, some days hourly is enough to get you through this mess. Stay close. Hold on tight. Keep abiding, because my power shines brightest and works best when you realize you can't do it. I can't do it. Lord, I need you. I need your grace today, and I need you to get me through this. And he says, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'll use, and I'll accomplish my plan through you as you hold on tight. Right in the middle of our mess, that's where Jesus works best. Can you believe it? (laughs) He says, I know. I know it's a mess. I know it's hard. Just keep coming, and I'll keep bringing the grace more and more, and I'll get you through it. Hold on tight. My grace works powerfully in our mess. Aren't you happy about that? Aren't you glad you don't have to live this perfect, uh, always everything's perfect and rosy and wonderful and never any problems? Can I tell you what that's called? You ready? That's called heaven, okay? And we look forward to the new heaven and the new earth, right? But in the meantime, we live in a messy World And Jesus says, you know what? My grace is sufficient right in the middle of your mess. And I'm going to get you through. Do you believe that? A little frightening. Six of you believe that. Do you believe that? Okay. Amen. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes. Your eyes shut. How's the mess going? Feeling weak and overwhelmed? Here's the good news. Jesus says, I know what I'm doing. And some of the mess might have been something that you sowed, that that you brought on yourself. Yep. It might have been completely somebody else's doing in your life. But no matter who's at fault and who sowed it, The great news, Jesus says, I work really well. Matter of fact, I work best in messy situations. My power shines brightest when my kids know how weak they are. They can't do it. Can't do it on their own. So if you're feeling weak and overwhelmed, if there's a mess you're looking straight at today, I want to lead you in a prayer. But I want you to know, I want you to let Jesus know that you recognize I'm in a mess and I'm feeling weak and I'm feeling overwhelmed, but Lord, I'm looking to you right now. Because uh, all my clever plans and ideas all of my energy and power—it's not cutting it. I'm turning to you. So, if that's you, if you're in a mess, feeling weak, and you need the Lord to come through for you right now, would you just lift up your hands to Him? And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Okay. So, if that's you, Lord, see my hands. I'm—that's I'm, me. I'm in great need. I got this great big mess, and just you, just repeat after me, Jesus. I'm in great need. Okay, we'll try that again. You can say boldly and like you mean it and confidence. As we run into the throne of grace, we don't have to be meek and shy. We can boldness and confidence. Jesus, I'm in great need of your grace right now. Fill me with your presence and your power. I believe you know what you're doing, even in my mess. So help me right now, Jesus, to come to you daily and on some bad days hourly and to drink deeply from your grace right in the middle of my mess. And thank you, Jesus, for accomplishing your plans for me through my weakness and through my mess. Amen. Isn't the Lord awesome? Isn't the Lord awesome? He, he uses weak and messy people to get his plans accomplished. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the life of Jacob. And thank you for uh, even the messy stuff we read about. Um, it, it brings us hope and encouragement. I pray for my friends who just cried out to you. Help us to keep running back every day, every hour. For more grace. We're glad that you never run short of grace. It's awesome. It's amazing grace that you just give us every time we need it, every hour. Some, some hours, every minute. And now as the ushers come forward, Lord, I want to pray for those who are in the needs program. I want to pray for those who are a part of our church family who are in a weak place. And I'm praying that these gifts that we give right now, uh, for those who uh, are in need, for those who are in the middle of their own mess, Lord, would you bring encouragement, would you bring hope and some help through these gifts that we give even now. We pray this in Jesus' name.